Привет! Welcome to the Loftus Party, everybody. It's a very special episode. Aren't they all very special episodes? But привет! I'm trying to learn Russian. That's Russian for hello. That's, hey, Andrew Apple. Are you over there, buddy? I am right here with you, Michael. See, I used привет because that's how you say uh, hello in Russia to a friend. Oh, привет. That's the informal way. I just, I had, to, I had to look that up on YouTube, and the girl, hey, you guys, if, if you're lonely, uh, go Google uh, how to say hello in Russian, and there'll be a link to a YouTube clip, and this smoking hot blonde will be like, привет, and you're like, I'd be a horrible, I'd be a horrible spy. Like, if I was James Bond, <laughs> and, uh, and I go to Russia, and like the girl from привет, like one of my secrets, I'd be like, okay, yeah, they got ships in the harbor. They're, they're coming in at midnight. <laughs> How's it going, Andrew? It is going wonderfully, Michael. It's been a, a fine week full of wonderful, heartbreaking, hilarious, sad, amazing news. <laughs> you're a weird person. Yeah, you're just wonderful, figuring this out. heartbreaking, sad. No, it's we got to go to comedy. This week's show uh, is a challenge. It's a challenge of the highest order. It's so much tragedy. So much tragedy. And, it, and then, oh my gosh, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of radio this week, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of interviews, and like uh, half the DJs are like, "If we don't laugh, we'll cry." If we, I, I never think about that. No. I never think about that. Like, I, I, I there's no great um, like mathematical formula. I've had too much sadness. I must now laugh. And and some stuff, there's just nothing funny about it. Yeah. The Orlando thing, that's just straight up tragedy. Yeah. Orlando, what a week. Yeah, what a week between the between the nightclub and the and the the, the alligator thing. Good lord! <sighs> well, if Orlando, hell... it's like a it's it's like a it's like a cursed Indian burial ground. <laughs> it's it's like where they built the houses in uh, in Poltergeist, Ooh. you know. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, here's what surprised me about Orlando. Here's my here's my thoughts on that. How quickly um, uh, the left makes this about uh, gun control. It's like they, they waste no time. They waste no time. And to me, it's all about uh, – granted, the guy, you know, uh, the guy was um, obviously gay and yeah. not happy with, with himself. Absolutely. Uh, because they have a tendency – I don't know if you knew this, Andrew Apple, but in a lot of these uh, countries that uh, – have the Islamic uh, state, they have the ISIS, they have uh, the bad guys over there. What they do is they take the gay people and they throw them off of buildings. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, not the best people in the world. No. Not the best people. Nope. But immediately, yeah, we have to talk about gun control. This isn't about the, the FBI or background checks or refugees or terrorism. This is about a gun. This is about the gun, which always – Shocks me because when uh, when whenever uh, a terrorist does this, it's always it's it's never about the big issue, right? It's always just about gun control, gun control, gun control. Uh, and then when when like Dylan Roof, that kid who uh, murdered all those people in that church in yeah. South Carolina, yeah. Oh, this is much bigger. This is about uh, the Confederate flags. This is about uh, statues. This is about uh, you know white privilege and like they're literally ripping down statues in some of these uh, southern towns because it's 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 triggering or whatever. And that's why Dylan Roof did it. It's a cultural cultural thing. It's bigger than all of this. But then a guy goes into a nightclub and shoots up fifty people, and they're like, he's just a lone wolf. 
just a loner. Those kids that blew up the Boston Marathon, just kind of loners. And you know what? And I don't remember anybody talking about uh, banning crockpots or pressure cookers nah. after the Boston uh, thing. So you've got some thoughts. Way in here, Andrew. Well, I mean, more than anything else, I think what our politicians are doing is they're trying to sort of lean into what their constituents want and taking this national tragedy and using it to sort of meet their own gains at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. How can I turn this into political leverage and make my constituents – and then I'm using air quotes – happy how can i and the, and the first thing they do is attack donald trump for you made this political how dare you like that's what everybody's gonna do about this oh yeah that's the first thing like you could cook eggs you could cook eggs after a tragedy in america how long before a politician turns this into a political wedge thing and literally it's it's three minutes it's like bang 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 there's a shooting all right honey put the eggs on three minutes later i think we should call for stricter gun okay take them out the eggs are ready it's been three minutes Okay, so I, I would like to run one question by you right now because, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to numbers. So the Brookings Institute put out some numbers this week. Uh, 62% of all Americans are in favor of keeping people on the terrorism watch list from buying guns. But That's insane. But 56% of Republicans oppose it. What are your thoughts? Okay. If you've ever known anybody who was on, like, the no-fly list, uh, all you have to do is just accuse somebody. There's no due process. You go, hey, this guy's a terrorist. He gets on a list. You can never buy – that's just – no. No. Then it's just, uh, just going to be a bunch of scarlet letter people running around. It's certainly not even close to, to foolproof. You can't just go around telling people you can't you, – you're, you're accused of a crime – uh, therefore, you can't buy a weapon. No. If you've committed a crime, yeah. I mean, um, unfortunately, you can't legislate your way out of crime. You can't – I mean, last time I checked, murder is against the law. Absolutely. You're not allowed to do it. Yep. And in, in a lot of years – oh my gosh, like rifles. If you just take rifle statistics, more people are, are, are stabbed than are killed with rifles. And a bigger number than that, more people are beaten to death with fists than stabbed. That's deep. It's shocking. Yeah. I know. And it doesn't fit the narrative. And I just – listen, hey, uh, we can look at like uh, you know, the automatic weapons. I, last time, I think those are even uh, – you can't even get those anymore. No, no, just you, like one you where you can. pull the trigger. You get no, you, Like an Uzi? Can you, uh, we should look that up. Can you buy an Uzi? Can you just go online and be like, hook me up with an Uzi? Let's see. And while you're doing that, did you see that uh, hysterical CBS uh, – undercover reporter thing no i didn't tell me about it cbs sent a, a, a news producer into a gun shop and she went in and she says i'd like to buy an ar-15 and they said okay we need to do a background check so they did a background check and they let her buy an ar-15 two hours later three hours later she had an ar-15 shocking well, well, she, she had never committed a crime. She was just yeah. – that's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to work. You go in. You say, that's the gun I want. They go, OK, give me your driver's license. They do a background check. You haven't committed a crime. You're not a felon. They gave, they gave her the gun. Oh, my gosh. It's the end of the world. We sent this seven-year-old into a convenience store to buy a popsicle. <laughs> he went in, and just minutes later, he came out with a popsicle. 
the shocking melting truth when we returned. <laughs> it was hysterical. Yes. Now, uh, to answer your question, automatic weapons are illegal in this country. But what? But what? <laughs> but semi-automatic weapons like the AR-15 are still legal. Right. Sure. Yeah. One one pull. I think it's a uh, one pull the trigger, one bullet. There you have it. Uh, so let's not. Uh, yeah, automatic. The whole just pull the trigger and start spraying bullets. You're not allowed to have those. So everybody can just calm the heck down. All right. So. I know we're going to stay within the funny, but can we get deep? Can, can we dip a toe in the deep waters for just 30 seconds here? Is this an alligator joke? No, not an alligator joke, unfortunately. Okay, I'm glad because you were going to be so fired. Yeah, uh, you know what? And I, I would deserve it. All right? All right, let's dip our toe in some deep water. Okay, so the running mantra of the NRA and people who love guns and own guns is that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Absolutely. Now— the one thing that people aren't talking about is that there was a good guy with a gun at this nightclub, and he just, you know, he had a Glock, and he yeah. couldn't compete with Omar Mateen, who had the AR-15. So even though there was a good guy with a gun, how come he couldn't stop the bad guy with the gun? No one's saying he's a great shot, <laughs> but at least at least somebody shot back. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah, the only the only when somebody's attacking you with a gun. The thing that's going to stop him is someone else with a gun. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the 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 field of the fight is kind of level, but people miss with handguns all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still you still have to be a good shot. Yep. Just yep. just having a gun and waving it around isn't going to save your life. It's it's sad to say. I was hanging out uh, last night with a uh, uh, retired NYPD officer, and it's amazing how often police miss. I don't think people want to know. Like, that's why cops always like bang, 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 bang. They always like they shoot all the bullets in the gun. They're like, you didn't have to shoot that guy seven times. They're like, yeah, they did because they miss a ton. Yeah. Like you're in, you're panicked. You're in the moment. They're like four feet away, and you think, oh, that's an easy shot. It's like shooting the broadside of a barn. They miss all the time. So yeah, uh, the only thing that does stop a guy with a gun is another person with a gun. I'm very sorry. Okay, so uh, moving on then, in people who are trying to take away guns, uh, the follow-up to the Orlando shooting, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut waged a 15-hour, quote-unquote, filibuster. NPR got all liberally about it, saying it wasn't yeah, really a yeah, filibuster. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is at the end of the filibuster, the only reason it ended was because the Republicans came out and said— uh, okay, okay, we're going to actually allow a vote on background checks and banning people on the terrorist watch list from buying guns. Eh, big woo. Okay. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. I mean, and then I, I was watching uh, MSNBC the, the night of this, and Rachel Maddow was about to weep. She was so happy. Mm -hmm. we, we finally got one. A filibuster that worked. A filibuster that worked. And okay, we'll take a vote. We'll agree to look at it. Like, why did the why did the guy even have to filibuster that? Like, that's problem to with me. With me, that's part of the dysfunction of Washington. And here's another thing, you know, you have to wait a couple days, or yet there's a waiting period uh, before you get a gun. Yep. There should also be a waiting period before you after after an attack like Orlando. There should, we should agree. Like, listen, let's not even talk about this in terms of gun control, blah blah blah, for at least 24 hours. 
Because everybody, like, how can if you are seen as pro-gun when there are when there's literally a room full of dead bodies, you're just the devil himself. You're just it's talk about an emotional argument. Yeah. And every like there was a reporter who cornered uh, uh, the governor of Florida yesterday who's just she's like, aren't guns part of this? Aren't guns? And he's like, well, I think we have to look at the whole issue. I think we have to look at, uh, you know, uh, people who hate the gay lifestyle. We need to look at possible terrorist connections. And she, isn't it guns? Isn't it guns? Well, I think it's like, isn't it guns? And it's like, OK, I, I guess it's guns because that's what you're saying. And if I defend guns, then I'm a monster. So, sure, you control the narrative, media. You control the narrative. Ah, <sighs> I'm trying. So to... what are you trying to find? What I, are you looking for? I, I was looking for Wayne LaPierre's personal Twitter account. I he, Wayne it, LaPierre. Yeah. It, it didn't come up, but someone created a, a parody account that looks it, like I, I hope it's not real, but it, it doesn't say that it's a parody account. So <clears throat> legally parody accounts are the best thing that has ever happened to Twitter. I agree. Parody accounts are fantastic. And here's what I love. There's somebody called the real Donald Trump. OK, mm-hmm. but they they spell one of the O's is actually an E. Right. So it mm-hmm. looks at first blush. You're like, whoa, the real. Oh, this is the real Donald Trump. <laughs> and so many times I'll go to uh, Flipside Loftus, my little uh, Twitter thing. I'll go to Flipside Loftus and some super mad person will be like, look at this animal. And then you like quote the tweet and you're like, that's the fake account. <laughs> <laughs> get so offended by the real Donald Trump. <sighs> Donald uh, Donald Trump's having a bad week. Yeah, his poll numbers. They, his poll numbers are down. By conservative accounts, he's down by at least six points to uh, Hillary Clinton at the moment. I think it's end. I think it's the end. I think he should concede. He should just say it's over. I tell you what, one of the great things uh, to, to all the people listening, uh, I'm in Long Island for a little bit, and I'm going to be in Long Island for uh, for a little bit longer. One of the great upsides of being on the East Coast is I now have access to Morning Joe, Mm. right? Usually back in L.A., if I was watching Morning Joe, that meant something had gone horribly wrong in my life. (laughs) But now now I can get up and watch it. And I tell you what, Joe Scarborough is losing his mind every morning. Donald Trump, he's ruining it. He's ruining it. He's just like, like, if you would take Joe Scarborough's advice, like the Republican Party would just fold up. We'd just stop. We just end tomorrow. Like, it's over. Forget it. We went crazy. You guys take the ball and run. Well, you know, he's not the only one who's turning on Donald Trump. You know who else turned on Donald Trump this week? Who? Friend of the show, Charlie Sheen. Well, what what did he – did he turn on him? Yeah. Did he, he say he's he, he says I'm not going to vote for him? Yes, he did. And he told a lovely little story this week about how Donald Man. Trump said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a nice pair of cufflinks. They're they're solid platinum. They're they're the best. They're Trump. Turns out they were tin." Yeah, where did he give him the cufflinks? Uh, it was at an event that they were both at. The way Charlie tells the story, Donald Trump just walked up to him, took the cufflinks off his cuffs, and handed them over. Yeah, sure. There you go. And he looked like a player when he did it. Of Everybody's course. watching. And they're like, what's Donald Trump doing? He's like, I'm about to give Charlie Sheen these cufflinks. They're platinum. Just going to give them to him. They're platinum. And then Charlie Sheen goes, wow, you're a very generous man. You gave me these platinum cufflinks. Then what's supposed to happen, what's supposed to happen is Donald's supposed to call Charlie up the next day and be like, hey, uh, dude, 
those are uh, those aren't the platinum ones. I'll send the platinum ones over. I think Donald Trump has a lousy personal secretary. Hmm. Do you I think-, think he needed someone to say, "I got to do a follow up. I got to do a follow up with Charlie Sheen." That think, just makes him look cheap. That you, just makes him look cheap. Do you think so he's his that's own great. personal so that's, secretary? That's awesome. That Charlie Sheen's that that the uh, are you okay? You're looking around like something's crazy. No, no, no. Everything's fine. I'm just you know I'm I'm running tech from this side as well. You're in Long Island. I'm here in Los Angeles. We're doing this over Skype. There are multiple things it's that just go funny wrong. That, gotta, like that's that's the story. They're like even Charlie Sheen won't vote for this guy. And over what? cufflinks like how are we supposed to believe that charlie sheen is that petty he's like you know what i used to believe in the constitution i used to believe in liberty and i used to believe in smaller government but no somebody gave me a pair of cheap cufflinks and now i'm a socialist you know what i i <laughs> I used to believe in the founding fathers, but then I got a pair of cufflinks from Donald Trump, and now I'm a communist. <laughs> That's how it happened. Listen, I know Charlie Sheen. I've had discussions with Charlie Sheen. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that guy's not voting for Hillary. He, Charlie gets Charlie gets fired up about liberty. Charlie Sheen gets fired up about the Constitution. I don't think a pair of cufflinks. You know, uh, that just that um, that makes me laugh. I got listen, you guys. <laughs> what made me a communist? What made me uh, vote for Bernie Sanders? I'll tell you. It's a little story about Donald Trump and some cheap couples. Uh, Vladimir Lenin. Uh, 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 Lenin started communism ah. because uh, there was a duke in England that gave him uh, bad, a bad pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted he wanted to back the royalty and then he opened up his Christmas present and it was a lousy pair of socks and he's like, you know what? Forget this. Forget this. Forget the monarchy. We're taking this over, man. This is about the people and the socks. That's very funny. That's very funny. Well, the, oh, so I will see your Charlie Sheen story. Yes. And I will raise you a Vin Scully story. Please do. Uh, Vin Scully, legendary announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, just in in between, I don't even know what sparked it, but like in the middle of a game, just did this little tiny uh, anti-socialism mini rant. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Venezuela, Venezuela, there's a country that's going under. Uh, You start giving free things away, suddenly people are in line for food. They can't eat food. And who's the richest person in Venezuela? Hugo Chavez's daughter. Socialism. It never works. Never did. That'll do it. That's two balls, no strike. The best favorite part is socialism fails again. Never works. Never did. That'll retire the side. And you, <laughs> it's like you and, a little motto. <laughs> you and I have talked about this. Any country that has what they claim to be socialism doesn't actually have socialism. They have... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please don't. No, 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 Please no. Please don't. <laughs> don't be that. It's not real communism. No, 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 no. no. You say it failed because it's not real you're, socialism. You're, you're going to like okay, this. Okay, so why, so, so why did Venezuela – why is Venezuela – why are they eating out of dumpsters, Andrew? They didn't follow the recipe right? No. They didn't follow the let's all share the recipe right? No, the reason that they don't have socialism is because what they've had up until this point is oil. 
and they've been able to sell the oil at these high market rates. They're breaking in capitalism cash, hand over fist. So when you've got that much money, you can have very generous social programs because you have that capitalist money. But then once the oil money stops coming in because the market has dropped, you just can't have that socialism anymore. You can't. That's not capitalism's fault. No, you can't. You can't blame oil prices for that. You know, you can blame the people in charge. Right? Yeah. You're depending on the on the government to solve all your problems and be there to help you. Mm-hmm. Well, if the government is so stupid to have all their eggs in the oil basket, well, then you got what you deserved. You got what you deserved. I hope that garbage's tasty because you got what you deserved. I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. You just absolutely made my point. Yes, the I agree. Relied on the government to make a big decision for them, and the and the government failed them miserably, and now. Now they're eating garbage soup. Listen, and I feel bad for them. You and I, I are on the same the page. I, I I don't know how this turned into an argument. Oh, it's not an argument. I, I'm, it's it's just awesome. I'm going to be doing these debates uh, at Politicon next week. Mm-hmm. So I realized I went back and I listened to last week's uh, podcast because yep. I did that debate with Hal Sparks. Yep, that was a great warm up event, and I was trying to be too funny in in that one. You know, I was trying to be light, trying not to be a jerk. And uh, I think my my uh, little debate skills are on the upswing, and okay. I'm so excited. Uh, next week, here's the deal with Politicon. I want to get back to the Venezuela thing yep. because that really did just prove prove my point. Yeah, the government put all their eggs in one basket, and it went kablooey. And that is why I love capitalism, and I love democracy, mm-hmm. and I love a million little tiny experiments. When big government has one solution, and if they're wrong. Oh, it's bad. It is very bad. So um, next week at Politicon, it's going to be me and uh, Michael Steele, the former head of the Republican National Committee, right? You see him on MSNBC all the time. And this other guy, uh, David Webb, David Webb, he's got – you see him on Fox News all the time. So we're on the – we're the Republican side. And then you got John Fuselgang and some other guys on the other side. Now here's the twist. Uh, Michael Steele and David Webb and myself, we have to pretend to be liberals, and we're going to argue points from the liberal point of view, and the liberals are going to pretend to be uh, conservatives, oh and they're going to argue, oh, it's going to be great. Oh, oh, please so tell me we can have this audio. So me and Michael Steele audio. and David Webb are going to talk about we have to get these guns off the streets. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I'm thinking I might want to wear a costume. I might want to like actually dress like if I could get a wig and get like a top knot going and get a little <laughs> a little goofy like hipster beard, oh. it would be fantastic. Oh, you just watch. We're going to talk to the wardrobe department. We're going to find something good for you. Okay. <laughs> so you wanted to touch on uh, I guess Apple is uh, pulling out of uh, well, there the was... Republican. There was a lot of Apple news that, that, that was happening this week because – I think Apple is – I think it's fair to say that they don't want Donald Trump to be president. Uh, and I, wa- why, I wonder why that is. Well, uh, part of it's because he's gotten up and he's said, I'm going to force Apple to make all of their Macs and iPods and iPhones in America. Yeah, and, yeah. And, th- I mean, and that would hurt Which, their I business. Which, I mean, listen, listen, you, he can't do that. That's the other thing. Like people, people always – and this is a bigger problem for me with mm-hmm. with the Republican the Republican establishment the doofuses that nobody likes anyway. Yep. And the reason that the reason that Donald Trump is popular, 
and Donald Trump says these things. He's like, I don't think we should have Apple making their products in China. We should make them here in America. And everybody freaks out. They freak out like he's an emperor. He's not an emperor. He just can't make these de these decrees. And then you got the Paul Ryans of the world and the Mitch McConnells of the world. They're like, I don't think I could support him because of this, that. And like, no, you got to steer into the curve, man. When your car is on the skids, you steer into it. And you're like, I think it's a great idea. I'd love for Apple to make all their products here. Is it feasible? I don't know. We should look into it. But boy, couldn't wouldn't that be great if Apple did make all their products here? You gotta you gotta make it a positive. You gotta spin it towards the positive. And I don't know why they can't do it. Because I, I I feel like they they believe they're not going to be popular with the mainstream media. It's so popular to rail on Donald Trump. And this this comes back to me as a person. I love the underdog. I will mm -hmm. always support the underdog. And right now, Trump is the biggest underdog in the world. He is Rocky, and she is Apollo Creed. Oh, wow. Wow. That, that, Dems fighting words right there. <laughs> uh, and and the, I would love to go up to Paul Ryan and, go, and give him my advice, and Mitch McConnell and all these guys. Donald Trump, when you, when you dig down into it, there's really nothing that bombastic. The left keeps playing up like he hates all Mexicans. And you and I have, have talked about this on the show. Absolutely. No, he has never said that. He called them all rapists. No, no, he didn't say that. So it's just like, why can't they see like we're not electing an emperor. There's a way to uh, support him. And like and then these these reporters will question somebody like, what about when he said this? What about and they, and they just get overwhelmed and they gloss over. I, I'm not I'm not a spokesman for Donald Trump. I can't. I can't. I can't. I go because they don't know. I got to I got to look back and see my polls and see how I'm doing. And I got to defend myself. Just steer into the curve. Sounds like a great idea. What about the Muslim ban? He wants to ban all Muslims. Well, actually, it's funny that you should bring that up. Because I don't think he does. I think what he wants to do is have a temporary ban on people uh, from this uh, certain areas of the world where these fighters keep coming into the country and blowing people up. I think we should take a closer look at our policy of how we vet people and let them into this country. I think that's worth talking about. Isn't that a discussion you'd like to have? How hard was that? That was super easy for me to do. An idiot could do it. An idiot did just do it. I don't understand. It's like the, it's like they want him to lose. And that is a theory, actually, that all of this is just a ruse to get Hillary Clinton in because I think that the fact that Donald Trump is very much disliked by a lot of people and the fact, sure. that, and the fact that Hillary can't then just swoop in and say, I'm your alternative is really a commentary on how dislikable and unlikable and disliked she is. Oh, she's – yeah, nobody likes her. No. Nobody. No. Bill doesn't like her. I think that's obvious. Isn't that right, Monica Lewinsky? I'll tell you what, man. America, I don't think you want to vote for this lady because she is whacked. She is zero fun. <laughs> the lights are on and there's an angry woman at home. But it might be like Psycho. It might be a dude in a dress. <laughs> So in other Apple news, yes. I'm just I'm going right on board. Please so do. Apple's not going to support the Republican National. We're not going to go to the convention. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the end of the world. <laughs> Apple's got bigger problems. Yes. China, as Donald Trump says, China says you're not going to be allowed to sell your iPhone 6 and your iPhone 6S in China anymore. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that has got to have Apple people pooping their pants. Yes. That's a that's a big market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, 
And you know why? I love how, and I think China's excuse is it's too similar to a phone uh, in China. Yes. You can't do it. It's too similar. So, so Chinese, the Chinese people uh, rip off Apple. They sell their version of the Apple phone, mm-hmm. and then Apple can't sell their phone in China because it's too close to the phone that we already have. That's <laughs> just – man. And then Donald Trump says China's ripping us off, and people are like, hey, slow down, racist. It's like it's, – it's fantastic. Uh, it's been a bad week for Apple, although – and this is one place where the Democrats really need to take a minute and, you know, maybe like, you know, take an improv class or find someone who can actually deliver a speech that isn't going to put everyone to sleep. Did you see Nancy Pelosi comes out this week and just starts railing on Apple talking about how that Steve- was terrifying, bro? Yeah, that was terrifying. Have you ever um, uh, it's like right out of an Ayn Rand novel. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, what's the Ayn Rand novel with who is John Galt? That's is that uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, that's Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Well, the, uh, spoiler alert for you people who haven't plotted through that unbearably difficult book. That book, I read that book. It was a struggle, bro. Yeah. That was a struggle. Stick with the Fountainhead. It's a better book. Yeah, but this guy uh, invents uh, Reardon or something is his name. I can't remember the John character's Reardon. name. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He invents this new process to make steel. Yep. And that's what they use, and the government comes in, and they want the recipe, and they claim ownership of it, and that's mm-hmm. what sets all the, the things in. That's literally what Nancy Pelosi was doing. She was doing it live on yeah. TV. Apple didn't invent the iPhone. Apple didn't invent the iPhone. That's government property. The government developed that plastic. The government did that. All app- And then I like how she says, like, all Apple did was just, like, put it together. <laughs> like, that's how easy. Like, you could go to a government uh, hardware store and go, uh, I'm going to buy some of this, give me some of that, uh, give me two of those over there, and whoa, look at that. I just made a rocket to the moon. I just put those ingredients together. It was easy. The government made it. Now, okay, and I, again, with you being the expert on this, and I do, I do mean that sincerely, what do you think she was trying to accomplish with this speech? I have no idea. I really don't know. But I, I think it's like part of this narrative of you didn't build this. You didn't make this. It's uh, there's this thing of like trying to tear down individual accomplishments. And even in his uh, commencement speech a few weeks ago, Obama's like, nothing makes me uh, more upset than somebody who got rich and they were just lucky. They got rich and they just got lucky. So what does he hate? Lottery winners? Like lottery winners? No, he hates because Donald Trump. Time, say what? No, he hates Donald Trump. That's who he's railing against. Donald Trump certainly didn't get lucky. I mean, he did. He was born into a rich family. That's his commentary. A small loan of a million dollars. My father did give me a small <laughs> loan of a million dollars, and so he's turned a million dollars into a few billion, supposedly, yeah. allegedly. Yep. Well, no, and here's the thing. He he's even said that the ten billion dollars isn't necessarily based on what we would normally consider to be what we base our wealth and value on. He's he's come out and said, eh, some days the ten billion is just based on how I'm feeling because I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> I feel like ten billion dollars. Yeah. Well, I think to turn one million into a billion, you can't be an idiot. You can't just get lucky no. to do that. No. That's like me uh, turning twenty dollars into two hundred thousand dollars. I'd love to do that. Hillary did that. Yeah. Hillary did that through some uh, really. Uh, fortuitous real estate deals and some good investments. <laughs> Maybe she just got lucky. Did you see that Taylor Swift broke up uh, 
with what's his guy? Yeah, Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. And I, she's already moved on. Taylor has already moved on. She's with a god she's on, now. She's with uh, she's with um, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yep, Loki. Thor's brother. Sir, could you have sex with Thor's brother? Like when you see him in those movies, and he's just a double crosser, and he's a mean guy. Like, how can she? Seriously, how can she be in a relationship with him when she knows he's a liar? Now, Michael, and that he betrayed Thor. I'm I'm, I'm going to drop some knowledge on you, and I want you to prepare yourself for this. Those okay. movies are fictional, and those are actors playing roles. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But still, like, like when 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 you're dating somebody, yep, and. You, you go to the movies with them, and she sees him on screen and just sees him as a villain. The guy's a good actor. Yeah. He's totally believable. Mm-hmm. I would be uncomfortable. Like if I was dating a girl, if I'm dating a girl and, and, and she's an actress, and she's the villain in the movie, and we're watching the movie together, and she like has crazy sex. I'm like, okay, well, she's acting. And then, and then she like stabs the guy in the throat with scissors. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> That could be me. Now, what if she looked like that girl who was in the Russian video that taught you how to say hello in Russian from the top? In a weird way, she does. She does. <laughs> like the Privyet girl? Yeah. Yes. Uh, very similar eyes. They have those little crinkly, little tiny, uh, like uh, half-moon elf eyes. I find it very attractive. I like the little, the little tiny – some like the big eye thing. Yep. Uh, like girls with like real big eyes. They mm-hmm. look like like anime chicks. That's yep. disturbing. When you see them in real life, that's something that's only sexy in anime. And yes, that's right. I just said that out loud. Something that's only sexy <laughs> in anime. <laughs> you're oh, a big anime goodness. guy. You're you're, you're really in, into the Japanese culture and cosplay and all of that. I well, not really into it, but I I'm I support it. Like I've never been to a cosplay event. I'd love to go. I'd love to go just to check it out. How and and here's the other thing, if I did go, I wouldn't be a jerk uh, and go without wearing a costume. There's nothing. I hate hypocrites mm-hmm. and I hate looky loos. Okay. Like people, like people who are brave enough. If people want to be like part of a a, a nudist colony and they want to be naked all the time and yep. go play volleyball, mm-hmm. fantastic. God bless you. Have a good time. But there's always these people who want to go check it out. Yep. Ooh, look at them. Look at them. They're all naked. And they, like, no, there should be, well, maybe that's a Michaeltopia. Maybe that's a Michaeltopia. If you want to go check out the nudist colony, you have to be naked in Michaeltopia. <laughs> and, like, and there's such a weird fascination with that. I've never understood that. Ooh, that's where the nudist beach is. <laughs> like, who cares? Like who cares? And with uh, so if I were to go to a, a cosplay thing, I, I wouldn't go just like in my street clothes and like look at that dork. He's dressed like a like a Battlestar Galactica guy. What a dork! No, you're the dork because you didn't participate in the fun. Yeah, it's like going to a toga party in street clothes. You're the dork. You should be in a toga. All so right. in Michaeltopia, I'm just jumping ahead. Okay. In Michaeltopia, if you want to go complain about an anime or a cosplay thing, you have to wear a costume. Or you are turned away. All right. We are going to get you a Cowboy Bebop costume, and we are going to get you to an anime convention. Cowboy Bebop. That's a good one. I haven't seen all of that, uh, but I swear I'm not even kidding you. If if you are thinking about watching some anime, mm-hmm. there is a truly wonderful series called Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, my It's gosh. on Netflix, oh. and it is beautiful 
and heartbreaking and full of hope. It and it's one of the most best. It, it's it's just a great story. Just a great. Have you seen it? Uh, I have. It's fantastic. It's it. Yeah. It, what the Japanese do very well, and we have never really been able to do in this country, is tell adult stories through animation. All of our animation stories need to be like kind of for kids, and they can sort of slip in adult stuff like they did in Toy Story 3, but they can't just create full-on adult content for yeah. adults that's animated. And here's, what I, and here's another one, because I'm a big Studio Ghibli guy. Okay. okay. Yep. I really like Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful stuff, grown-up themes. There's one called uh, Princess Mononoke. Yep. Have you, have you, you've seen it, yeah? Absolutely. America needs to see that movie. Oh, yeah. America needs to see that movie because you've got the girl who was raised by wolves, mm-hmm. Princess Mononoke. Yep. And she is trying to defend her forest against the evil people from the iron uh, mine, right? Yep. The people in the town. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out the people in the iron town – are mining for iron for a very good reason. And what's that? Right? Uh, they they need the iron for the cities uh, back east, and she's hired these uh, lepers. She's defending these horribly downtrodden people, the, yep. the woman who runs the iron town. Mm-hmm. So in the end, spoiler alert, yep. spoiler alert for the, the end of Princess Mononoke, uh, the iron town isn't destroyed, the forest isn't destroyed. You know what they do, Andrew Apple? What do they do? They find the balance. They find a way to keep the iron town going and help the poor people and help industry. And they say, you know what? Enough of the ripping apart the forest. We're going to find a healthy balance between nature and industry. They find the balance. And that is what America needs to do. And that's what everybody wants to do. You don't just say we can't have technology, we can't keep advancing. What you say is nature is important and industry is important. How do we find the balance? And that's what I like. That's what I and I tell you what, it's that's not going to happen when uh, when the liberals take over. Mm. It's just going to be some crazy version of all nature all the time. Trust the government to invent stuff because they invented the iPhone. And don't you know when the EPA, the, the Environmental Protection Agency, I'm still mad at those guys for polluting the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that that river has even recovered. Like how many years are we gonna have to wait for the Colorado River to recover from the damage that the Environmental Protection Agency did? They turned the river yellow. Yeah. They like popped open a gold mine and the whole river went yellow with toxins and stuff. And it's just like it couldn't be a more perfect color because it's like they pissed in it. It's like the EPA just took a giant piss <laughs> in this river and nobody cares. <clears throat> I got stories here. Looks like there was a body. New that Zealand. Was... Oh, tell me about here's New a, Zealand. Here's a story. Auckland, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It's so overpopulated. There's such a housing shortage. <clears throat> they are paying people to leave. Jesus. How much? If you, How much? That's the, that's the real question. Um, $3,500. Get out of Auckland. Get out. Really? I mean, would you leave your house for $3,500? Would you walk away from your home for that? I don't know. I mean, it's New Zealand. Do I get like a hobbit hole? Isn't that where they, they made Lord of the Rings? Well, if you gave me $3,500... And a free hobbit hole <laughs> from uh, Lord of the Rings, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. A buddy of mine, his friend is the Bagel King of New Zealand. Mm. It's a great, 
Yeah, what he did, he uh, after college, he traveled the world and had adventures and stuff okay. for like a year. As you should. Went back to Chicago, where he's from, mm-hmm. worked at this bagel shop, and he asked his family, he's like, you make the best bagels, teach me how to do what you do. And they go, we're not, because you'll just open up a bagel shop, and, and we don't want to compete. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I promise you, I won't even open up a bagel shop in, uh, in America. So they teach him everything he needs to know about bagels, and in his travels... He was bummed out when he was in Australia and New Zealand. He couldn't get a, new, a good bagel. So they taught him how to make bagels. He gets on a plane. He goes to New Zealand. Boom. He's making bagels. Mm. That's see, lovely. That's capitalism at its best. You're, you're missing something in the world. There's something that you want to see make get happen. Get happen. There's something you want to see happen, and you make it happen. Yeah. There's no luck to that. No. Tell that to Obama. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi. Tell that to Hillary Clinton. You go, you do it. You know when you get lucky? You know when you get lucky? When you work really hard. Mm-hmm. The harder you work, it, it seems like the luckier you get. Isn't that always the case? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, the more I think about that, I'm offended by it. Uh, you got lucky. What? I worked hard. I made opportunities happen. Sorry. Okay, I got to do this one. This is a big one. Because this, these are like the little stories. This is like the little newspaper uh, here. And it's a, it's a buried little story. But it goes into my fear of artificial intelligence. A a robot programmed to move on its own escaped from a Russian lab and rolled onto the street where it caused a traffic jam. As soon as they taught a robot how to move around on its own, it tried to escape. And they caught it because its battery ran out. So I'm going to tell you why we're going to be okay when it comes to artificial intelligence. Okay. Our friend Elon Musk has decided that he needs to keep artificial intelligence under control. So he has started a company called OpenAI whose only goal when it comes to artificial intelligence is to figure it out and make sure that we control it enough so that it's not going to turn into Skynet. That's great, and I'm so happy that Elon Musk is doing this. There was another concerned scientist – that he's he was concerned that nobody's talking about the rules of robotics and like robots can't hurt humans and yep. robots can't by action or inaction cause harm to come to a human. He was so worried about people not discussing this that he created a robot that would decide on its own whether or not to harm a human. He, did you read about this? I I, I didn't, but that's a, that's where we a into- robot. It's a it's a little tiny machine that yeah. has an, a little AI thing. Okay. You put your finger in, and there's a, a little pin, like a, a needle, and sometimes the robot will not press the needle down and hurt somebody, and sometimes it will, and the robot gets to decide whether it wants to hurt the human or not. And the guy said it's it was incredibly easy to do, and if we don't watch it, bad things will happen. And he built the robot to uh, prove his point. So here's my question to you then. How does that not then turn into Jurassic Park where he's so busy figuring out whether or not he can make this robot that he's not having the conversation about whether or not he should? That is precisely what frightens me. And it'll it'll be it'll be just like Jurassic Park. Somebody did it just to do it. They didn't think I didn't think it would get it's like the uh it's like the killer bees, right? The yep. killer bees. Mm-hmm. They, they had them down in Africa. They're like, whatever you do, don't let these killer bees out. And the scientist's like, don't worry, I got it. And then the next day, oops, where'd all the killer bees go? <laughs> They're all over the place. Hey, here we're getting back to real news now. Okay. Uh, 
looks like Russia is not going to go to the Olympics for track and field. What's up with that? So the, the Russian track and field team has been doping. They've been using performance enhancers and the Olympic. I am shocked (laughs) at these allegations. Do you mean that our former Soviet friends, the current wonderful capitalist society of Russia? Talk about not real capitalism. (laughs) They've been lying. They've been doping. They have. And the Olympic committee came in and they gave them a chance. They said, look, you have to clean up X, Y, and Z. And if you do that, we'll let you compete. And, the Russian team decided, eh, we don't have to do that. So then they went for the next round of drug testing. Nothing changed. And so the Olympic Committee said, all right, you're not competing. I feel bad for the Russian athletes because you train and you train and you train and you want to go to the Olympics, right? That's what you want. Yep. However, I don't think these Olympics are going to be great. Really? I'm, I'm not, I, I tell you what, you got, uh, you got the Zika over mm-hmm. there? Yes, you do. I think they should relocate these Olympics like yesterday, bro. Uh, you and if I are there on was the same ever, page. If there was like ever a recipe how to spread a disease, mm-hmm. I think this would be it. Like, boy, there's a horrible disease going around, and it's in this one little corner of the world primarily. How can we spread it super fast? I've got it. I've got it. Let's have people come from all over the world, right? And they'll just stay here for a couple months. They'll all catch it, and then they'll go back home to their corner of the world, and then we'll all have it. It is one of the – it's a boondoggle, I think is the word I'm looking for. It's a boondoggle. Let's just move it. Hey, I love you, Rio. I love you. You know I do. I love love Rio. I love your talking bird movies. I like the George Lopez flying bird guy. (laughs) But I don't think you can have the Olympics. Ah, You're not allowed. The Zika. I'm going to be honest, Michael. I'm a little sad that I didn't get more Rocky Four jokes right there. That we're getting what? I'm sad I didn't get more Rocky Four jokes out of you right there. Rocky Four <laughs> jokes? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know how I, would, I even would have done that. No, because we we have Ivan Drago, the, the, the all-natural, eats his Wheaties boxer <laughs> who fights Rocky. But he was totally doping the entire time. We've yeah. known since the 80s that Russians have been doping, Michael, and we've done nothing. Russian, I mean, it's – what? Are we, I don't know what we're going to do about doping. I think we just have to like uh, – wow, we're flying right along. We just got to say – I think they've already said no more, but this whole this is permitted, that's permitted, this is permitted, that's permitted. I don't know where the end of this is, but it's like everybody's cheating. Just yeah. everybody's cheating. Yeah, there's no honor maybe left. We should just, you know what? And maybe we should just steer into the curve and say go for it. Let's all cheat. Let's see what kind of monsters we can make and just let Frankenstein's lab rats just have at it. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? No. Just like No, then we'd end up in The Walking Dead, and that is literally my biggest fear. But, like, seriously, what if we made it legal? Like, just, like, get roided out. Just go for it. Well, like, how many world records would we break? We can did you imagine that. what the weightlifters would look like? We did Arr! that. We did that in, in the 80s and the 70s. You were allowed to use steroids for non-medical reasons. So if you look at, like, those old WWE guys at the time, oh, my God, they're enormous. They're, like, uncomfortably big. They have muscles yeah. bulging from muscles. Like, they look like the thing. <laughs> Even the muscles had muscles. Yeah. Hey, remember when the IRS uh, destroyed all those emails? Yep. I just thought I'd bring that up again. That was in the newspaper today. They're trying to figure out whether they whether or not they should impeach the head of the IRS. Ten th- tens of thousands of emails that guy destroyed because they were going after the Tea Party groups, the Liberty groups, 
Oh, you know what? He's going to get away with it. He's totally going to get get away with it. Like tens of thousands of emails that prove, like, I want to know who 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 said. Here's the other thing that I I find it very odd <clears throat> that America can't answer these questions. Whose idea was it to go after the Tea Party groups? That's what was in those emails, right? Yeah. I want to know who did it, and I want to know who ordered it. And now we'll never know. And this is the same thing. It goes back to Benghazi too. I want to know uh, who didn't pick up the phone. When those guys were calling for help, when they were literally like who when they were calling for help, who picked up the phone, who took the call and what happened after that? And then the other thing that I want to know, who decided that they were going to blame it on a video and that the the official state story that they were going to tell was it was a video. We're going to blame it on a video. That's an active cover up. I want to know who did that. And we'll never know. And then here's the other thing I want to know. This guy, this guy, um, who did Hillary's private uh, server? This one just drives me nuts. The guy's like, "Hey, listen, um, I'll tell you what I did to set up her server, but I don't want to get in trouble." And the government's like, "Dude, we'll give you uh, immunity." He's like, "Full immunity? Like I'm not going to get in any trouble?" And they're like, "Full immunity, no trouble, brother." And he's like, "Okay, cool. Whew, at least I won't get into trouble." They call the guy in to talk, and he's like, "I'm going to take the fifth." They're like, "Wait." Wait a minute. We just told you you weren't going to get in trouble. He's like, I'm going to take the fifth because I might say something that's going to get me in. That's that's double crazy, right? That's well, a dude. That's like that somebody bought his silence, bro. That's that is somebody bought his silence. They but, just don't want him talking. But how is that even a thing? It's like, OK, someone gets hired to build a server. All right. You go into the garage. You build a server. There's nothing crazy about that. You're just literally putting wires and machinery together. It's not like, okay, we're going to build a server, and we're going to have a skiff, and it's going to be wired with Kevlar, and then if uh, someone walks in at this point, then we've got it uh, with C4, and it's going to explode. Here's the deal. Uh, you know why I think he's not talking? Why is that? Because there's emails in there and stuff, and he probably went to Hillary, and he goes, you know this is like crazy illegal, right? Uh. This is like stupid illegal. And she was like, whatever, just build it. Just build it. And he did it anyway. I tell you what, you want to have some fun, Google uh, Clinton Foundation controversy. Google that one, America. Google, And I tell you what, Google Laureate University. She's taking a lot of money for the Saudis. That, the, 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 this lady is like, I'm going to stand up for the gay people and the LGBTQRX community. And she's like... She's been bought and paid for by these countries that, like, throw gay people off of buildings. Like, how can she even consider herself in any way on, on their side? Well, that was the whole other story that came out at the U.N. I know we're, we're coming up towards the end this week, but the U.N. has a list of different countries who commit the worst atrocities, and Saudi yeah. Arabia is right at the top of the list. But Saudi Arabia is a major economic player. And they basically went to Ban Ki-moon and said, uh, yeah, you're going to take us off this list. And he's like, but but you're committing these atrocities. He said, OK, you can leave us on this list and then we're going to pull money from every charitable place around the yeah. world that we put in money. He's like, OK, you're off the list. Yeah. And I, and I tell you what, I saw this story uh, when I was in Israel. You know, you know, when you go into uh, a hotel or a motel in America yep. and there's a Bible put there by the Gideons, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in the rest of the country, uh, or in the rest of the world, rather, uh, there's Korans lying around. Okay. And uh, and they're the Saudi, that's the Saudi family. Yeah. They're the number one. And these Korans aren't like the regular Korans. They have like little parentheticals, like 
Like, it's okay to kill an infidel. And then parenthetical, a Jew. Ah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that makes me one, feel comfortable. Like they are the number one, like, uh, providers of, of global propaganda. The, the Saudis. They, yeah, they're not good people. If they wrote me a check, if they wrote me personally a check for $20 million, I would probably return at least half of it. <laughs> I'd return the terrorist half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I want to get to this story, and then we got to do some Michael Topias. Mm-hmm. I thought this is a this is a fun one. the uh, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. It's a federal agency that ensures the private pension plans of 44 million Americans. Said that the federal safety net for troubled multi-employer pension funds would run out of money by 2025 unless premiums increase. By three hundred and fifty percent. That's an owie kabowie. Yeah, it that's is. an owie kabowie. Yeah, uh. that's the government. They're supposed to help us. They're here to save the day. Don't trust them. Oh, I've got uh, I've got one more story I wanted to hit on. Okay. What was it? We did Olympic track track and field. Yes, we oh, did. Bloomberg oh. passed his little tax in Philly. This guy is on uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg, the former New York guy. Yep. He tried to pass the uh, soda tax in New York. He failed. Yep. He got it through in Philly. It cost him a ton of money. It cost him like almost two million bucks. But they got this. Uh, they got a tax on the soda in Philly. And you know who's next? San Francisco's up next. And this guy is literally like I don't know who appointed him the the personal trainer for America. But this dude is on a personal crusade, and he's just going to go city by city, and he's going to take away sodas. He's just going to—he's going to tax sodas to death. Are you looking it up? Is that yeah, what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. CNBC has the whole article on it. I mean, I just wanted to make sure there was nothing that we didn't cover. But you know, it, it's unfortunate because the truth of the matter is, the majority of people who buy these sodas are lower socioeconomic status people. And it hurts them more when you raise the prices on everything because these are things that – it's not like they're just going to stop buying them. You just end up hurting them more by raising the tax on them. Well, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. But, like, who does he think he is? It's a product. It's – you know, you can't just – what's he – people who try – they try to tax you into submission. That's what I hate about it. And I'm finding that to be the case here in uh, Long Island and in New York. They are taxing – Cigarettes. That's oh, oh. Mm. like if it's that bad, just make it illegal and take it off the market. Try that. Just unbelievable. Now it's like you said. We need to lean in and pull a Colorado and just legalize all of that stuff. Legalize marijuana, and then we can tax it. I want a state to just secede from the union. I want a state to say, "Listen, we are still going to participate, but we want no federal money." And we want no federal law. We will govern ourselves. I would run screaming to that state. I want California. I really do. It's not going to happen because you no. got Jerry Brown in there right now. But if California is the seventh largest economy, used to be the sixth, mm-hmm. used to be number six, they fall into seven. This well, is, this hold is, on. Let's be uh, fair. They fell to number seven under Schwarzenegger. Let's just call a spade a spade. Through Schwarzenegger? Yeah, it was under Schwarzenegger. It happened on his watch? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and you know what probably happened? Is uh, Schwarzenegger probably came in there like Donald Trump, and he probably put down a bunch of a bunch of mandates, and they probably did exactly what he wanted. I think every bill that Arnold proposed, I think every bill that he proposed went through with flying colors. I don't think he was tied up in the House at all. 
I don't think it was uh, uh, gridlock at all. I think I, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger put together a ton of ideas. They all went through, and he failed. Yes, it was Schwarzenegger who failed. Although I love it when people, I love it when you do that. I love it when you do that. Oh, it was Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was all his ideas that failed. Well, they let him do whatever he wanted. Andrew, I had never seen anything like it in modern day politics. <laughs> he was the governor of California. They let him do whatever he wanted, and he personally failed the people. I'll tell you what he we did should, do. We though. should go throw rocks at his house right now. <laughs> let me tell you one thing he did do, though. Do, do you know what the name uh, Judge Gonzalo P. Curiel? Are you familiar with that name? That's the Mexican that hates Trump. Yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger appointed him. Whoa! Yeah, that is true. There you go. And I wonder why he did that, Andrew. Are you saying Arnold Schwarzenegger is not actually a Republican? No, I think he he wants the Latino vote. You want the Latino vote? You do this thing. Here's a judge. I'll appoint you. Blah, blah, blah. It's the problem you get into when you start doing things for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know what else Arnold Schwarzenegger did? What's that? Back when he was the governor? He's like, we're going to stop the illegals. We're going to stop the illegals. We're going to make sure the border works. And you know who came after him? What's that? Wine country. Mm. Wine country. Like, we need illegals in here or our grapes going to get picked. We need slave labor. And Arnold didn't say no. He should. He had the moral high ground. How dare? And this is what it truly does offend me that these that these people who want like guest worker visas because like these are the jobs America doesn't want. No one will do it for this. And it's like no because it's a horribly low wage, mm-hmm. and those wages will will never come up unless people say no. We are not. I'm not going to defend slave labor by letting illegals come into the country and and do this this these horrible tasks. And if nobody else will do them, well, then we have to rethink society. Or you have to start paying them more. And sorry, you're going to have to pay a couple dollars more for a bottle of Cabernet that isn't too fruity. <laughs> see, I'm on, see, I'm a Republican, and I'm on the side of the working man. Yeah. I defend the working man. <laughs> we got horribly off topic. We got to do some Michael Topia. Yes, we do. I, well, I want to say this. I want to say this right here, right now. I want to say this on the show. I'm getting very excited. The coffee's kicking in. The Facebook page, uh, Andrew, uh, the Facebook page, you put those little videos up. Yes, indeed. It's literally, it's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Go to the go to the flip side Facebook page. We are doing quite well. I'm yep. a very, very hap- uh, happy camper today. A lot of that is because of you, and a lot of that is because of uh, Stacy mm-hmm. Lennox, and you guys are just crushing it. So go to the Facebook page, everybody. And check out our clip, the clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We, holy moly, it's an exciting time to be a member of the Loftus Party. The YouTube page, fantastic. Good things are happening. And make sure you go to theloftusparty.com. This is, this is the easiest way to do it. I should have said this. I apologize. Just go to theloftusparty.com. That's where everything is. Yep. The podcast, mm-hmm. you can listen to old episodes. Yep. You can see clips from the TV show. Mm-hmm. The Daily Dose is fantastic. Every day there's new stories. We update it a couple times a day. It's fun. It's funny. I am on a personal crusade to rebrand the Republican Party as the uh, the party of fun. And it's going to be a great ride. And next weekend at Politicon is going to be a riot, an absolute laugh riot. I'm going to take selfies with Ann Coulter. Oh. I want to do one where she's sticking her tongue in my ear. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be. So you ready to do some Michael Tobias? I am ready. Okay. So this is the portion of the show. The rest of the world is crazy. The rest of the world makes no sense. But in my brain, it does make sense. And we've got our own set of rules. And those are the rules we live by. 
And this wonderful place is called Michaeltopia. Andrew, hit me with a rule about Michaeltopia. All right. In Michaeltopia, we do not have a TSA. We have the military, people who signed up to defend this country and make sure that we don't have terrorists in this country checking you in at the airport. Not someone with a high school diploma who gets paid $15 an hour to tell you to take off your shoes and dump your water. I love it. I love it. In Michaeltopia, there is no TSA. In Michaeltopia, there are trained military experts that keep you safe. Yes, I totally agree. That's a that's one of my favorite ones ever. The TSA, and I hate to say this, like on record, and I'm sorry, everybody. Here's the problem with the TSA. Not only are they whatever, I'm not going to question their intelligence or any of that stuff. It's a reactionary institution, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The way terrorists go, they, they, they attempt to do something you're not prepared for, okay? Some guy does an underwear bombs, then the TSA reacts and says, okay, we'll have to scan your body. Mm-hmm. Some guy does a shoe bomb. Okay, they react and they go, okay, now you have to take off your shoes. They, it's not going to stop it from happening again. So what you need is a military, uh, someone trained like in the military, and questioning people. Here's my Michaeltopia, my airport Michaeltopia. Yes. In Michaeltopia, you have to talk to a trained security specialist before you get on your plane. Mm. Right now, you don't have to talk to another living human being. If you're going to do a terrorist act and you're super nervous, you, you check in at the kiosk, you don't see a person. You, don't, you never talk to anybody. You can, get, you can get from the airport onto the plane without talking to another soul. In Michaeltopia, you get interrupted. If you look nervous, if you look like you're plotting something, if maybe we maybe we profile a little bit. If that happens, then a security guy comes up to you and goes, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" Nervous flyer, and you have to answer questions. In Michaeltopia, a trained security ex- expert asks you a question at the airport that cannot be answered with a yes or no question. That's the thing. You ask them a question where they have to start talking, and they're like, "Uh, uh, uh, I don't have a bomb," <laughs> and they give it up. That's a great one. All right, here's my Michaeltopia. Yes. In Michaeltopia, nobody complains that Obama takes too many vacations. Mm. I'm perfectly happy when that guy's on vacation. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy. That means he's not making some kind of decision that's going to mess up my life. So in Michaeltopia, <laughs> Obama takes as many vacations as he wants. Where do you want to go, buddy? You want to go uh, to the Poconos? I hear it's lovely. <laughs> you know what? Take eight months. Take eight months. You've earned it. I got one more. This is a reload. This is a reboot. In Michaeltopia, not everything we do helps the terrorists. Joy Behar just did this again. She's on The View, and she's like, Donald Trump, everything he says helps the terrorists. How? I, I, I really – I don't buy this whole line of thinking. Every time somebody proposes, hey, I have a solution to the terrorist problem. Oh, no, we can't do that. Just That just helps the terrorists. Well, then what if we gave everybody guns? No, we can't give everybody guns because that just helps the terrorists. What if we stopped them from coming in the country? Well, that really just helps them. They use that to recruit. Is there anything we can do as a nation that doesn't help the terrorists? Mm. I think the liberals would say no. I think stop breathing. That helps the terrorists. And if they try to chop your head off, don't struggle. That just makes them angry. <laughs> You're only helping the terrorists. Hey, oh, I got one more. Please, I got one please. more. This happened to me last night. In Michaeltopia, when the waiter brings your food, they simply say, how is everything tonight? 
that's all you have to say. I, I, I hate it when the waiters get cute. Like I was at this restaurant last night, a wonderful meal, this fantastic steakhouse, and and the food is just off the chart great. And and the and the 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 guy comes over, the waiter, and he's like, "All right, how'd chef do tonight? How'd chef do tonight? Like, I guess he did good tonight. Does this now you're implying on other nights chef doesn't do so well? Like, is that is it an iffy kind of a restaurant? How'd Chef do tonight? You feeling something weird? You think you're going to shit yourself? Because some nights, uh, Chef, he's no he's no good. How'd he do tonight? So in Michaeltopia, the waiter just asks, how is everything? That was the show. This is a good one. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week. We're going to do, uh, do a show from Politicon. Am I right or am I right? You are right. I am right. Thanks for being a little slow on the uptick there. Thanks for joining us. It's the Loftus Parties. Privyet! Privyet, my friends. That's hello. I don't know what the word is for goodbye. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the great reviews on iTunes. I know a lot of you, and, and I can't thank you enough. You went to iTunes. You left a great review from the bottom of my heart. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me. God bless you. I'll see you next time on the Loftus Party. Privyet! Privyet!